The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. Here on the Blaze Radio Network, Cam Edwards, Miss E. Hello. Hello. At the kitchen table. Uh, we have an audience tonight, and we have uh, a growing audience because since we last spoke, uh, and sorry that it's been a couple of weeks, life has gotten in the way. Uh, one of the things that has helped let life get in the way, a brand new puppy. Oh, we haven't done farm. a podcast since we got the puppy? We have not done a podcast Ooh, since the puppy. No, I feel bad. Okay. Yeah. No. But it's... There, there she is. She's saying hi. Her name is Zelda. She's named for the video game and uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald's wife. Yeah. No, no Zelda. Zelda. <laughs> so she is about uh, three feet away from us, but she is behind a uh, wire fence, and so she can't get out. She and Booker have been getting along fantastically, but Booker doesn't know his own strength yet and doesn't know quite how small and tiny she is. So um, he keeps trying to they, – they play together really well about 80% of the time. Yes. And then about 20% of the time he tries to grab her by the leg, and I'm afraid that he's going to rip her leg off. And he's hurt point. her several times. Like yeah. she's whelped and held her leg close to her where he's done something to her. Yeah. All right, now, you two stop. Now she's got some spunk, and she actually has, uh, uh, you know, she'll fight back against him. And she's made him yelp a couple of times. <laughs> she's chomped on his mouth with and her his, little needle-like uh, teeth. And his ear. Yeah, so she's very in between uh, barking right now and, uh, and eating her dinner. Uh, so, um, yeah, so I think we have talked since uh, we got Chico, the, uh, the little goat. Yeah, and uh, we're hoping that Chico has been the man and done his job. Yeah, we won't know for probably another couple of months, I guess. Well, if we were real goat people and we cared a lot, we could go ahead and give them all a blood test. Uh, but Yeah, I think we'll just wait I'm and just wait and see. Oh, let's see what happens. <laughs> right. I keep asking them every day if they feel pregnant and if anybody has any morning sickness they wanted to talk to me about, but none, no one's talking, so I don't mm. know. Uh, so it's, you know, mid-October, and so far the weather's actually been fairly cooperative. We have not had a freeze or a frost yet. No. But we did go ahead, and uh, Missy e pulled up about, I don't know, probably 75% of the tomato plants that we have in our, our back garden. Most yeah. of the cherry tomatoes, most of the paste. Because, uh, well, most of the paste have been picked over. And the ones that are there aren't going to be ripe enough because they're so big mm-hmm. by the time it gets really cold next week. And a lot of the cherries are either really green or have split open and are rotting on the vine. So that's why I pulled them out. Yeah. And I fed them to the pigs. And somebody said something about them, you know, maybe you shouldn't feed them to the pigs because they're related to nightshade. But they haven't had any issues. They ate the tomatoes and they ate the greens. So. Yeah, you know, it's actually, it's, so it's interesting. I, I read something about this um, uh, earlier in the week. Um, and the reason why people thought tomatoes were poisonous was because back in the day, most plates were made of, of lead. They had some lead in them. Oh. And so the acid, acid from tomatoes would cause the lead to leach out. And so it wasn't that the tomatoes were making people sick. It was that the lead in their plates were making people sick. So, yes, even though tomatoes may be related to the nightshade family, um, they're not going to eat uh, they're, they're not going to, uh, you know, cause any problems for the uh, pigs. They're and not going to eat enough. It's kind of like how people will tell you that uh, apple seeds can uh, contain cyanide, or is it arsenic? Uh, I think it's 
It's one of those, arson. right? Anyway, yeah. someone will, of course, you know, send us say, well, you're wrong. It's it's blah, blah, <laughs> but whatever. There's a poison in apple seeds, and they're not supposed to eat them. Well, I throw out pig, you know, spoiled apples to the pigs all the time, and I just cut them into quarters. There's no way that they're going to get enough apple seeds to get right. poisoned by it. Well, also, too, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if it is, um, I don't know why this happens, but, you know, animals, generally speaking, don't eat stuff that they can't eat like you know the pigs uh nobody touches the nobody the the poke berries right right except for the birds who can eat the berries and then poop the seeds out but the the goats don't eat it the pigs don't eat it but the pig the goats only will eat poison ivy yeah and And it it doesn't doesn't, affect them at all right and chickens can eat hot peppers because they can't taste the heat (laughs) which is why they ruined so many of our hot peppers earlier and and why they are uh currently under lockdown until we have our first freeze or frost and everything is dead and then we'll let them then we'll let them roam around um so yeah so the tomatoes are kind of done the uh, the hot peppers are still going and thank you uh i don't think that you've had a chance to thank some of the folks who uh well i i've sent I, I mean, think, uh, via email, yes. You've yeah. been good about it. Um, but um, we got some, I think I already said thank you to the lemon peppers, and then I got some cayenne peppers from Jen, and uh, uh, I had sent her a nice little thank you note. Yep. Because, yep, so. So the corny goat bartering uh, continues here. Oh, yeah. Somebody sent me some really cool chili salt from Trader Joe's, and our closest Trader Joe's is like 50 miles away. And I sent her a bottle of hot sauce, and that was an Instagram. Hey, that looks really cool. I'll send you some extra. I bought some more. I'm like, no, no, please don't. Do it. It's okay. And she's like, no, no, no. I said, well, I'm going to send you a bottle of our hot sauce. So, yeah. Um, one more garden update before we uh, take our first time out here. The pumpkin patch. Yeah, it kind of fizzled. I, it was, I had all, such it was, high hopes. It's squash bugs. Yeah, those stupid damn squash bugs. No matter, we could spray and we'd squash and we'd scrape and whatever, but... We were fighting a losing battle. We were, we were pretty much fighting a losing battle. Everybody around here, I don't know how anybody around here can grow them well, but when, you, when you're not using poisonous chemicals, you're kind of screwed. Uh, we were trying to use Captain Jacks and it just wasn't enough, um, but... Uh, ne- maybe next year, but not in that place because all the squash bugs have now gone down into the soil <laughs> and they've laid all their little nasty little eggs. Right, and there that will be a bad place to put squash. So. Yeah, do the squash bugs uh, affect tomato plants? They they were. I found some squash oh, bugs on our okay. tomato plants in the front garden, raised garden beds. And every single time I'd find one, I'd go ahead and squish it. Okay, freaked myself out the other day with all the pulling up all the tomatoes and everything, grabbing mm-hmm. the vines and piling them up into the cart. I didn't realize I had a little green inchworm on my shirt, and, I, and I'm like, all day, la, 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 you know, a little bit while, I'm going inside, wash up, and I look down, there's something moving on my chest, and I scream, ah, it's this bright green worm moving around, I'm like, oh, I think it was a, ba- a, a baby tomato hornworm. Oh, okay. Um, but I was just like, eep, and I pulled it off and threw it out the door. Well, at least you didn't have any wasp eggs on it. It didn't. It was just a baby. Because you didn't be worried about wasp eggs on you. I, well, no, I would have been more like, oh, I need to let this not die so that the wasp eggs could live on and eat its body out and there do us go. some good. We did get a few small pumpkins, We got right? six total. One was rotten. Um, one's on the counter. One's on on your desk. And then the, we had two luminas, and I did that melted crayon trick I saw on Facebook on them mm. to decorate them for the holidays. All small, though. All, All smaller of them, than a basketball. Not even as big as a basketball. Some of them are like like maybe softballs ball. on hair. <laughs> yeah, right? 
right? So, yeah, better luck for next year. All right, we're going to step away from owner two. We have more 40 Acres and a Fool coming up. Stick around. We'll be back. I'm not sure what the dogs are doing. I gotta, we got to go stop a dog fight. We'll be right back with more <laughs> right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray. So you're still blaming others more than yourself. <laughs> no, I look. I yes. take ultimate responsibility. I don't blame. No, others, you don't. But I think Good. it's important that people understand what happened. Wow, is that it's frustrating? Easy to... So as she blames everybody else, mm. she takes ultimate responsibility. That didn't sound like her taking. Yeah, she ultimate. didn't say anything negative about herself. They had her at the very top at the beginning, and then she started speaking. Pat Gray, weekdays noon to three Eastern, only on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back here. Hopefully the uh, dogs will give us a quiet recording space. We have our, what is that, apple cider vinegar? Yeah, it's a spray bottle that we set to stream, and it has a little bit of apple cider vinegar with water, and we use it as a deterrent because they really, really hate the smell and taste of apple cider vinegar, but it's not going to hurt them if they get it in their mouth. Actually, we put a little in their water sometimes to Mm -hmm. make them... Uh, uh, adjust the pH in their urine, but I spray it right in their face and tell them not to bark, and it usually works really well. And I gotta say, Zelda has been a very, very good puppy. She's oh, she was born on August the second, so she's a little bit more than two months old. Um, we have not really had to. We're, we're keeping her, you know, going out on a regular basis, but we have had one day where she had issues where she was peeing on the floor and we think it was a little bit of a uh, urinary tract infection other than that she's been really good about not going to the bathroom in the house a little bit of a barker at night when it's time to go to bed but uh other than that she's really sweet she's uh, uh very very smart she already knows sit and uh, right now she's lying like a good girl on the floor. So yeah. hopefully she stays that way. And because she's a farm dog, she's not used to going. To, you know, there wasn't an issue of paper training her, right? Because she'd already been used to going to the bathroom outside. So she gets a little like antsy when she's like, "Hey, I gotta go to the bathroom," and she, there's no place for her to go in here. Yeah, so. and she, uh, her parents are, you know, Great Pyrenees. She's a Great Pyrenees. I don't know if we said that or not, but uh, her parents are both Great Pyrenees goat farm, uh, and. Uh, so she's been getting a little bit of goat time. I, I took her out to play with the goats today, and she wants to play. Like, we walked up to the goat pen, and she's on standing on the other side of the fence, and she's rough, roughing at the goats, and the goats really don't want anything to do with her. No, because the other one other dog that tried to bark at them traced the one of them right. so hard that she, I thought she was going to have a heart attack and die. Yeah. So I turn off the <laughs> fence, and, uh, and Zelda goes right up to the fence, and Miss Freckles, uh, who is one of our two-year-olds, uh, goes up to the other side, and they're looking at each other. And then Zelda decides to go under the fence, and uh, Freckles takes off. Mm. So at that point, I I went in the uh, the pen with uh, with Zelda, and uh, uh, one of the older goats, Franny, was brave enough to get kind of nose to nose. But then uh, Zelda took another step forward, and they all you know ran away. Yeah. So uh, they they're they're. They were not as skittish and afraid as I thought that they would be, but they're also a lot bigger than she is. Yeah, even though they're Nigerian dwarfs and they're little tiny goats, she's not. I mean, she's gotten big since the the before and after picture I posted on Instagram. That was a 25-day span, and she went from this little tiny fluff ball when we first met her 
to this ginormous fluff ball. So I think when we wait, we when we took her home, I think we stepped on the scale. She was about ten pounds. Yeah, she's a puppy checkup tomorrow morning. She's, she's at least close 15. To fifteen. Yeah, she's gone from being able to hold with one arm to now needing two. Yes, uh, and uh, I'm I've, I, her little tiny baby fingernails when I first clipped them were super little, easy little soft things, and today when I went to clip her nails, they were some seriously nails at this point. So I'm like. But I'm trying to make sure that she's acclimated to getting her nails trimmed and getting brushed because Bullet is really neurotic about it. Mm-hmm. And this one, his Booker. nails, Booker, his nails are really big, and I tried to cut him today, and he kept he got a little teethy with me. So I'm just mm. I'm just gonna make sure he just keeps going to the vet. But I'm gonna make sure that she get used to it, so she's not she doesn't get teethy with us. Yeah, I took a little bit of a, a road trip with Bullet uh, and our oldest dog Ruffian. We went up to Charlottesville today uh, so they could get groomed because it had been a while. And, and uh, Booker got the Furminator. Right. Bullock got the Furminator treatment, and he really needed it. I think this is the first time that he's actually gone to a groomer it is. to get groomed, and he's he's almost four. He'll be four on, on Halloween. So, you know, we brush him and everything, but uh, some of the hair was a little long. Had and some, he got uh, some matted here and there. Yeah. Yeah, so now we'll, we'll be posting new pictures uh, this week on social media. He looks, now he just looks like a big stuffed animal. He does. He really looks like Hey! <laughs> Stop that! No bark! No bark! We got to hear Missy's, like, that's the serious mom voice right there. Yeah, well, it's the only thing that works with the dogs. <laughs> it sometimes works with the children. So the uh, the garden's on the way out. Um, still, again, have some hot peppers. Are you are you through making or fermenting hot peppers? Do you think we're going to be able to get some more? Actually, no, actually, some, there's, uh, a count, there's a whole <laughs> basket on the... No bark! <laughs> There's a whole basket on the kitchen island of hot peppers that it's probably going to make at least another quart, if not a little bit more than a quart. And then I have some sweet peppers, so if I mix them up. But I have a, that. There's a whole roll row of habanero peppers out there, and now that there aren't any tomatoes stealing mm-hmm. their sunshine, so several of them were golden today. Yeah. So, so between the the gold that we've got ghosts, we've and we've still got the habaneros that are going. All of the other ones, the little um, the little cherry red cherries and the banana wax, they're they're kind of gone. They're little. They're on their way out. The only ones that we have are the poblanos, the ghost, and the um, habaneros. And poblanos are just a sweet pepper, but sometimes yeah. I just throw them in just for space. Right. And so that not, that it's a it's a hot pepper sauce, but there are some sweet peppers mixed in here and there. Yeah. But the other day there were there's four jars sitting in a plastic box next to Kid Four's desk. Uh-huh. And he was sitting there doing classes and he says, Mom, something just popped over here and I had to go crack open and burp the jars and one of them just oh. all over the me. I was like, Great <laughs> So yeah. They're very active. I'm excited. Well, we'll let those go for months and months and probably uh, in the springtime, right? Yeah, that's when they usually make the next batch of pepper sauce. So uh, if you want to make your trade, start uh, start planning now. <laughs> Won't have them in time for Christmas this year, but uh, maybe for Mother's Day. All right, we're going to step away for just a moment or two. We've got some of your thoughts to get to later, and uh, apparently Zelda wants to chime in too. So stick around. There's more 40 Acres and a Fool coming up right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards. On the Blaze Radio Network. Forty Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool. Cam Edwards, Missy at the kitchen table this evening with an audience right now of two. We had uh, Kid 4 for a little while, but uh, but she wandered off. She's Kid 5. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) It's okay. As long as we, I, lost, we lose track of them. As long as I don't ever have like a kid six or anything that uh, I don't know about. No. Uh, it ran across a story a, a couple of days ago. Um, headline, I mean, frankly, you know, you could have written this any time within the last 30 years. Struggling family-owned farms continue to disappear. This is the Associated Press. Small family farms have been slowly disappearing for decades, uh, and this will likely be the case of Miner's Farm in Bristol, Connecticut. Founded in 1864, the 30-acre parcel on Chippins Hill is operated by Paul C. Miner, his wife and father. Uh, the uh, brother uh, separately harvests the hay. Paul Miner says it's kind of the end of an era. I don't know if this would necessarily be our last year, but if not, I don't see it happening much longer. With 48 years with false stuff... He says, I just know that I won't physically be able to continue to do this, and it's not easy to run a farm or stay in business in Connecticut. This guy graduated from Virginia Tech, actually, oh. uh, in 1970. And he said that the uh, you know his kids went off to college. They moved out of state. Uh, cost of living, he says, is lower. Job market's more plentiful. He says, my son's in North Carolina. My daughter's in Virginia. My brother Mark has two girls. One's in Virginia. One's in Texas. And just can't do this. I mean, this was, and, and like most, you know, farms, the, this guy was relying on off-farm income. Anyway, he yeah. worked for Southern New England Telephone, uh, retired at age 52, which seems awfully young to retire, but uh, good for him, I guess. He's got his pension and ready to go. Yeah. I uh, was the director of external affairs. Um, and, you know, this was, but, so this was always sort of like a quote-unquote hobby farm. Or, or at least a sideline. It wasn't, you know, able to generate the the bulk of his income. Anyway, I, like I said, you can find these stories, you know, written over the past thirty years. But uh, I just thought it was kind of sad that uh, you can still find them today. Connecticut would be a hard place. I can't imagine how much the property taxes would be on a place in Connecticut. That's just got to be just mind boggling right there because everything up there in that part of the country is so expensive. Right. I mean, New Jersey too. When I was up at uh, New Jersey, up in New Jersey for the uh, Safe Conference. Driving out through like Western New Jersey and into Pennsylvania on the way home. I mean, Western New Jersey is, you know, there are a lot of pretty rural areas out there. Northwest New Jersey. Northwest New yeah, Jersey. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, there was a lot of farmland, but I know that New Jersey's got one of the highest property taxes in the country. So yeah. I can't even imagine what it must take to, to pay the property taxes on some of those things. And even on, in South Jersey, where it's more garden, more farmland, it's. Right. Know, I mean, it's more stretched. It's as a person who grew up. In South Jersey, um, watching the development just creep and creep and creep, and now I can't even drive around there because all my landmarks are gone because there's so many houses and developments and places that I didn't know existed now. I know. Like, all that all that farmland is pretty much toast. <laughs> I know. It sucks. It's sad. You know, and, you know, as we drive from our little uh, place outside of Farmville, if we, if we drive, like, into Richmond in particular, you can... As soon as you hit the exurbs, you know, you can tell the old farmsteads that are now subdivisions uh, outside of Fredericksburg. Uh, it's, it's the same thing. Uh, and really, all of the D.C. suburbs, you can tell, you know, these used to be old farms. And now they just divide up the, uh, the, the, the acreage into, you know, one acre lots or half acre or quarter acre lots and then just started plunking homes down. Wasn't Arlington a plantation? It was. So it was. That entire thing yep. was a farm. Yep. Absolutely. Um, 
Oh, so one of the uh, things that you've been doing, you've been very busy, by the way. You've been canning and cooking, and I love your blue hair. Thank you. Have you, have you shown off the blue hair on uh, Instagram? I think so. At yeah. Corny Goat Farm? Yeah, I did it on uh, at Corny Goat Farm at, uh, on Facebook, too. Now it's this, it, it's been like a couple of weeks, and now it's this. It's kind of calmed down. It's this kind of really cool, like slate blue. Yeah, because my like hair electric blue. It's a temporary color. It's a Pravana. If anybody really cares, you can get it on Amazon. And it doesn't require any other kind of interchemical combination thing. Like most time, if you do your hair color, you got to mix it with something hydrogen peroxide, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, hydrogen peroxide. Uh, but in this case, it's just that. But you have to leave it on for a while. But it worked really well because my hair is, you know virgin hair as they call it in the industry but it doesn't have any chemicals or anything on it because it's just new hair uh but and it's sticking better than the red red has a tendency to slide right off of the gray but my hair was coming back like what black and silver or really yeah. really dark brown and silver yeah so yeah it's it's sort of like a dark 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 blue with a little bit of blue highlight so i picked out my halloween costume as a result of my hair and i'm gonna be a little blue elf with pointy ears and glitter and wings i'm not gonna say what i am we'll, but we'll post a picture oh it's we're just gonna costume. save it yeah we're totally <laughs> gonna save it, it for we're me. keeping it with that <laughs> Uh, so speaking of uh, bath products and you know doing your hair in the bathroom, uh, you made bath bombs. Yeah, uh, last night with Kid Four and Kid Five, um, you can get a really. I think you can probably look up familyfunmag.com. dot com. Uh-huh. It's the Family Fun magazine. I always when I find in any of the magazines where I've got a recipe or something I like, I'm just ripping the page out because yeah. I used to hold on to whole magazines and couldn't figure out why I liked them so much. Like, why did I keep this magazine? I wanted to one recipe on page fifty seven. <laughs> so anyway, it was really really easy. Um, you, it's in all of these things you can either buy on the line or probably at the grocery store or at least on Amazon. So it's a half a cup of citric acid, and if you can, you have citric acid. Mm-hmm. Uh, one cup of baking soda, half a cup of cornstarch, and a half a cup of Epsom salt. And you mix that all together. And then in another little bowl, you take a teaspoon of water and a teaspoon of either vegetable oil or olive oil, and then essential oils. And this is where it kind of gets tricky. This recipe says one to two drops for this entire batch of Okay. But the recipe that came with the ball molds that I got mm-hmm. said six teaspoons. So oh. I sort of cut the difference, and I used like a teaspoon of the essential oils, and if it didn't seem like it, we had enough smell, we added a little bit more. Okay. And so um, we we added a little bit of food coloring from, you know, food-safe food coloring and mixed it up and packed it into these things, and they turned out really cool. I was really pleased. Like, they're hard little That'd rocks be- today, and I made a set, like, so I made one batch, cut it in half, and Kid 4 and Kid five both got like a a large and medium and then i made one whole batch for me and i got three large and one tiny because the kit it was a six ball set and you got four large one medium and one small and it's aluminum food grade safe aluminum again something i bought on amazon for like seven or eight bucks and i can envision making chocolates with these and other kinds of pastry kind of things but or a little half weird jello shots. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> uh, make a little eyeballs in there. Um, but anyway, uh, so you press them and leave them overnight, and they dry really well. So the, the I got the tiny one today, and I put it in our sink, and it bubbled for a good minute, and it just was like. Psh- 
fish and it had the nice cool. smell and made the water pink. And I was like, yay, they work. So, That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So uh, Family Fun Magazine, right? Yes. May of 2017, I think, was the uh, was the it was the month. Uh, all right. Let's get to a couple of emails here and then we'll take a break and we'll get to even more emails because it's been a while since we've had the chance to talk. And so sorry mm-hmm. for the uh, emails that have been uh, accumulating here. Robin checking in uh, with a story, how I gave my dogs botulism. <laughs> Uh, she says, this happened several years ago. I was raising baby chicks. I had them in an outside pen. When they graduated to the main chicken coop, I never went back to the old pen and emptied the old feed out. So it sat in the feeder for about two months exposed to the elements. Oh. One day, I decided to clean up the old pen, and I went to dump the old feed. Never thought twice about it. So I found some out-of-the-way place to dump it, and that was it. Next morning, my dogs were very weak and could hardly walk. The older one was worse off. I took him to the vet. The vet couldn't believe that they had botulism. His dogs were not affected very much by it. It was never officially determined that was what was uh, it, but it fit all the symptoms. What happened, Robin says, was the uh, as the feed sat in the container became wet and the interior became an anaerobic environment, mm. and the botulism bacterium secreted its deadly exotoxin into the feed. I dumped it out, and the dogs lapped it up. Such oh, a bad dog dumb, mommy. Dumb dogs. <clears throat> well, dogs Couldn't are have dogs. Tasted good, but then again, some of our dogs just eat poop. I was going to say, right? Uh, <laughs> both dogs, Robin says, fully recovered in spite of me. Hope That's things good. are good on your end. Say hi to Missy. Hi, Missy. Hi, Missy. Hi back, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> and Robin, thank you. We're glad to hear that the uh, the puppers are okay. Uh, Stephen writing in with that question of what's that local food that you've got to have, mm. right? Uh, we asked this in the uh, last podcast. Uh, Stephen says, local to where I currently am, Dover, Tennessee. Pulled pork. Uh, here, he says they make it without any sauce, just hickory smoke, pulled pork goodness. I have this weird thing when I can't stand anything sweet on meat and most veggies. I know a weird thing I developed as I entered into puberty. Well, I suppose of all of the weird things that you could develop as you entered into puberty, Stephen, <clears throat> not liking condiments on your meat would be a fine night relatively normal. normal. Yeah, there you go. Uh, local to where I grew up, uh, northern Indiana, Chicago suburbs, Italian beef. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Steven says I miss that stuff so much. My mother put together a recipe that very, came very close to it, and this reminds me I need to get it from her. <laughs> and then you need to share it with us, Steve. I, I have to say that the one um, quintessential food thing that I had to try, because I had the hot dog, I had the Italian beef, and I had the deep dish pizza. I think the, the Italian beef was pretty much was one of my favorites, although I was really, really captivated by the weird crust of the deep dish, deep dish pizza, because it's not pizza dough. No. No, it's like a weird buttery cracker thing. But James, it was perfect. James wrote in, says, uh, Good morning, Kim and Missy. I have a large amount of unnecessary ghost and Carolina Reaper peppers I'd like to send you all, but I cannot seem to find y'all's mailing address. Oh, well, here did we, we go. Did we reply to James? You know? I do not think we did. Okay, we so James, ahead. we apologize for that. We will uh, send you our address, but I'll tell it to you right now as well. Uh, it is, if you just want to randomly send us hot peppers, we appreciate it. Uh, P.O. Box 817 Farmville, Virginia, 23901-0817. Corny Goat Farm, you can uh, send it to, or Cam Edwards. Yep. I don't know if it'll go, if you just write Miss E, you can try it. It'll go. Uh, yeah, if you yeah. just write Miss E? I think so. Wow, that's pretty cool. But if you just write E? Uh, I'm sure if it has our post office box, it'll get, <laughs> it will get a notification that says we have to remember to pick it up. But then that's the problem. We remember have, we have to remember to pick. I know, that's true. Uh, but James, you let us know if it's coming, and I will uh, make sure that we pick it up. Now, we've got a few more emails to get to as well, so stick around. We're going to step away for just a moment or two. We'll be back with more 40 Acres and a Fool right after this. This is 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.
Hey, this is Jackie from the Jackie Daly Show. Join me Sunday afternoons, 2 to 4 Eastern, right here on the Blaze Radio Network, where we discuss all things energy, below the ground, on the ground, above the ground, and way above the ground in space. Energy is what we need to survive. All new programs every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can download the show and listen anytime on SoundCloud or iTunes, Google Play Music. Join me, Jackie Daly, Sunday, 2 to 4 Eastern, here on theblaze.com slash radio. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you again for being a part of this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, Cam Edwards, Missy. E. Ho- hopefully we'll be back on a uh, regular schedule now. I don't have any more travel. Yeah, that was part of it. That you, was, were, you were traveling so much for the past two months. It's just like, really? When you're home, we want to do this? I know. I know because we had other stuff to do. Yeah. So um, I've been canning up tomato. I don't need. I think I, I got to go into the pantry and just start moving bottles around because I have a, a case of thirteen over here. I got all over the floor in the pantry, just jars and jars of tomato sauce today. I got five more quarts made and six pints of tomato green tomato chutney. Take two because I burnt yeah. the crap out of the first Twice. version. And then I scorched the Twice. second version. I know it's because you have to cook the way you cook it. You have to keep it on the heat so that it it cooks down. But you have to do it without killing it, <laughs> right? Uh, Rob checking in with the uh, headline: "The Big Move." He says, "Well, I've been preparing for over a month, and I'm still not ready. I'm 62, and I haven't lived in my parents' house since they kicked me out when I was 18." <laughs> But they need my help now, and I can't ignore that. Long story uh, worthy of a movie, says Rob. Just checking in. Well, Rob, buddy, listen, I uh, will keep you in my thoughts and keep you in our thoughts and our prayers. I hope it goes well for your parents. It is. It's hard, you know, when your parents get older. I mean, my dad was 48 when I was born. My mom was 40. So my parents, uh, you know, my dad's 91. Yeah, and, your dad uh, is way older than my dad, and I'm nine years older than you. I know. That's the it's, weirdest thing about our family. It's always been so weird growing up. I mean, like all of my friends, their parents, you know, their dads it, were like Vietnam veterans. My dad was a World War II veteran. Yeah. My friends' parents were baby boomers. My parents were greatest generation. Like, it was weird. In some ways, I feel like the youngest boomer. Yeah. You know? No, I get it. Um, but uh, but it's it's been hard because my dad uh, at ninety one he still has his mind he is still sharp. Um, it's just that his body is oh, failing him yeah. and uh, and he's been having some pretty significant problems. But uh, he's doing okay. He is um, uh, you know for ninety one. I was up there a couple of weeks ago. Got a chance to uh, see him and Rob. Like I said, uh, I know what it's like when your parents get old and and all of a sudden you know the people that always took care of you you're now. Having to take care of them, so yeah. I definitely will keep you in my thoughts and my prayers. And if you need to talk, man, just send me a, a DM on Twitter, or you can email us. You know the email address, obviously, since you've emailed us. Emailed us. Sean checking in from Oklahoma says uh, every recipe that I've ever seen, every menu that I have ever seen it on includes peppers and onions. Wait a second, I think I might have missed. I think I might have missed. Oh, I did miss something. Okay, <laughs> I wondered. I wondered what the heck was going on there. Uh, Cam's question of the week. He said, uh, did you know that Oklahoma State's meal is chicken fried steak? Stands to reason. I haven't had a chicken fried steak that is better than any I've had here in Oklahoma, and I've traveled quite extensively in my life. You know, here's the thing, though, Sean. If, if, and I, I, chicken fried steak, that's a good state meal for the state of Oklahoma. Uh, but you got to 
put like white country gravy on there too. You yeah. know, like that has to be a part of the chicken fried steak. Because if you just serve chicken fried steak without the gravy, it's not chicken. It's not Oklahoman. It's not not going to happen. No. Sean says I don't personally care for Philly cheesesteak. <gasps> oh, sorry. Hold on a second. I have to recover. Oh my goodness. Mainly because they covered in onions and bell peppers. Oh I, no, no. See, you can get them without that. Okay. He says I can't stand bell peppers mainly because of the indigestion that they give me, as well as the taste, especially cooked. I'm with you, Sean. By but the way, I don't like bell peppers. You had bell peppers in the spaghetti sauce tonight. I know, and I ate it because it was like it was diced small. Yeah, it's always tiny. Right, but on a on a cheesesteak or on like a Italian sausage. Ugh. Okay, so. <sighs> But a, che- a, a, a cheesesteak in a Philly jargon, mm-hmm. yes, it's usually wit or wit out, and that's cheese whiz with onions or cheese whiz without onions. It doesn't have to have it. Now, if you're going to a place that they're telling you that this is Philly cheesesteak, it's a genuine Philly cheesesteak with peppers and, and onions, yeah. they're full of shit. Because I live right outside of Philly, and that is not a genuine Philly cheesesteak. That's what other people in the country think is a genuine Philly cheesesteak. So if that's what they're trying to sell you, I got a bridge in Brooklyn. Okay. By the way, (laughs) uh, speaking of cheesesteaks, Brian uh, checking in said, uh, first off, I'd like to point out the humor. Missy always wanted to get a Philly cheesesteak when she goes home to New Jersey. I'm not great at geography, but uh, yeah, yeah, Philly suburbs of New Jersey. Yeah, that's the thing. Anyway, it says Brian, having grown up in New York City and now living in L.A., two things I miss. Of course, he says the first is the pizzeria I grew up around the corner from. Yeah, I imagine if you grew up in New York, you're going to miss New York-style pizza, right? Yes. Second, takeout Chinese food. Oh, yeah. He says, when I lived in New York City, the city was covered in tiny, dingy Chinese takeout places. We have one of those here in our little town. Yep, and it's pretty—it's not very good. He no, says, uh, the, the, the main difference between those and what's available between now is simple. There are no steam trays. Mm. In L.A., most of the Chinese takeout places have giant steam trays full of food that they ladle onto your plate. In New York, every place, no matter how tiny and scary looking, kept no food sitting out. You placed an order, someone in the back got us work. Fifteen minutes later, you're eating amazing food. I really yeah. miss that. You know, and that's the thing. So we have uh, uh, near us um, in the even smaller uh, town than Farmville, we have a, a Chinese restaurant, which is not so great. And then imaginatively named China. Right. And then uh, about 20 miles away is uh, the little tiny, tiny town of Scottsville, Virginia, which is a happening little town. We might have to talk about Scottsville at some point. Yeah. Uh, but they have, was that, is that Beijing? Beijing. Taste, Taste of Beijing. Yep. And I gotta say, like that's actually really good. Yeah, it's like it's it's worlds apart from and China. It could just be because we've had subpar Chinese food for four years, but yeah, and my homemade uh, uh, well, pork but, fried but rice see, is that's not the thing, quite like, the same. No, but you make really good pork fried rice, and you make really really good uh, shrimp and lobster sauce. So, like, I've had decent Chinese. This is actually really just decent Chinese. Anyway, back to uh, I, I, thank you for the uh, email, uh, Brian, um, and, and back to Sean. Sean, I didn't mean to uh, neglect. Uh, the rest of your email. Sean says, I'm looking forward to the uh, hot sauce. Thank you for the shout out for sending you some of the lemon peppers. This weekend we picked almost 200 more. So if you want or need some more, let me know. We also have some dried. Missy, if you'd like some of those as well instead. Ooh. Well, I can send you, you got to send out that hot sauce. I have to send out that hot sauce. Remind me, I got to send out that hot sauce. All right. And by the way, Sean and uh, his wife, Joy, say, uh, keep up the great work. You mentioned once before you were considering doing a Facebook Live pre show. Uh, would love to see that. Mm. <laughs> for Halloween says uh, Sean I'm going to wrap myself up in aluminum foil and go as a leftover that's perfect that is a good that is a very good costume right last year you were no not last year but the year, no we did have a party last year last year you dressed up and we put labels all over you and you were you were Gary the label guy 
Actually, it was Carrie the Label Guy. That's right, Carrie the Label Guy. But it was really rather good play on words. You know, and I was able to use what we had here at home. So there you go. It's the quick five-minute costume. But uh, but you picked out a great one for me this year. All right, we're going to step away for just a moment or two. Actually, we're going to step away for a little bit longer. But I promise it's not going to be two weeks this time. Yeah. We do have to take dogs out for walks because that's the never-ending story. Don't sing it. Don't sing it. Don't you dare sing a note of that. Just imagine it in your head. Never an in story, and our great big dog who doesn't fly. No, but he is fluffy like he that. He is fluffy. In the meantime, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot, and we will talk to you soon with more 40 Acres and Full. I suppose, actually, before we go, I should plug Cam and Company. I'm so bad about self promotion. Make sure that you're watching Cam and Company live each and every weekday on NRA TV, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, also, uh, Midnight Eastern, 9 Pacific on Sirius X and Patriot 125, available on demand on iHeartRadio, iTunes, and more. There you go. And you got it all uh, right. Whew, yeah, that's it. And okay. we will see you soon with more 40 Acres and a Fool here on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. 